The show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yes, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy. And in this episode, we'll skim through the basic idea of speed reading. Oh, clap, 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 clap. clap, clap. That was very good, Ross. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) We took a speed reading course. Yes. And this is something I was incredibly excited about because... It's not a religious group. It's no. not, you know, it's, it's, is it fringe science? You know, it's one of those weird... It's, yeah, a little. I mean, yeah. fringy, yeah. It's one of those things we, that... Wait, you don't know if it's real or not? Right, exactly. What is the upper limit to the human ability to read quickly? Mm-hmm. And it just happens to be something that I've always wanted. Like, that would be one of my top... That's your superpowers. It would be my number two superpower. desired superpower. Absolutely. Ooh, oh, wait. Hold on. You know what on. I did there? Hold on, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> what is your number one desired superpower? Well, dun, dun, dun. I'm glad you asked that, Carrie. I've put a lot of thought into this. Uh-huh. And if I could have any superpower, it would be to find anything. Oh, really? Yeah. Just like you are boring as shit. Someone's, no, think of what you could do with that. You know, someone steals something of yours or you leave it somewhere. You know exactly where it is. Where's Osama bin Laden? Oh, I happen to know. If you yeah. go to Abbottabad, you'll find him hiding in, in a house there. <laughs> it would true. be incredibly useful. You it could help people. It would be totally useful. Find missing children. The, well, yeah. Oh, God. You have to bring up the missing children. So now I feel like a jerk. <laughs> I hope you do. Uh, most people say flying or being invisible. And I, I heard an NPR piece on that where they talked about the different people who pick flying or invisibility. I heard that one, that too. too. Yeah, that yeah. Good. And invisible always comes across as kind of creepy. You know, it never had to me. But then when I listened to that, I saw why people feel that yeah, way. Yeah, if you're invisible, you end up just doing dishonest things. The reporter basically implied everyone secretly wants to be invisible. I had never even thought of being invisible. It's never been high on my list. Yeah, me neither. But... My superpower would be neither of those things. Thank you very much. Okay. I would want to be able to heal touch. Like, if there's a problem, you just touch it. Gets oh, better. no, that's useful. Yeah. <laughs> Speed reading. It sounds like something you could actually do. And right? yeah, I think you're like me. Well, you read more than I do, but... I think we read a comparable amount. Okay. I love to accumulate books. Me it's too. A, it's a problem I have. Yeah. I just bought two new bookshelves within the last three weeks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> From Ikea, Andrew and I set them up. And immediately, I was able to fill one of them. You know, it's like the tall Billy, the bookshelf that they sell at Ikea. You know, Billy. Oh, bookcase. okay, yeah. He's popular. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the one with all the squares. Yeah. I used to have one of those. Yeah, I got the... Oh, no, 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 not the square oh, one. Oh, not the squares. It's, it's like a usual rectangular oh, one. Oh, okay. All but right. anyways, filled up immediately. And then Andrew's is half full already. Oh, my goodness. Andrew is your son. Yes. And we have a lot of books. So uh, I accumulate books way faster than I can read them. Mm-hmm. And my appetite is always larger than uh, what I can actually read. Last year, I got through... 18 books. Mm-hmm. One was an audio book, but that was like over 5,000 pages. That was a good year for me. That's rare mm-hmm. that I can mm-hmm. hit that. Now, I remember you in past years have like gotten to like 50 books or something. Yeah, like. I used to read a book a week. I don't anymore. I'm busier okay. than I was when I did that. I know I tend to read pretty well for mm-hmm. like either the average population. And right. shooting forward into our investigation, our speed reading teacher said that like the average is like two or three books a year. 
Yeah, well, Gallup just had a poll from last year that showed that 25% of Americans didn't read a book at all last year. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay, so I'm doing okay in that sense, but I always feel like I'm reading inefficiently and slowly, and I'm very distracted. And I start books, and I don't want to say I don't finish them, because I still have the intention of finishing (laughs) 35 books, but I start them, and then I start another one, and then I start another one, and then I'm like 50 or 60 pages into... 10 plus books. I could name off the top of my head like seven books that I do that with right. as well. So uh-huh. yeah, that's another problem of mine. Yep, me too. So I was excited, like, yeah, we're going to investigate this. And if it works, all the better. We're going to tear through some books. Like uh, every every analogy I'm thinking of is both sexual and violent. Wow. Okay. And so I'm, I'm vetoing all of them. That's good, Gary. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, too, want to have the skill, not necessarily to read more books. Well, we'll get into this more, like mm-hmm. what it's actually good for. But, but especially with things like articles where I just want the raw information. Yes. But it's... It's 2,000 words, and I don't have time during my workday or whatever it is to read it. Another weakness of mine, like, I'll accumulate browser tabs. Oh, I know you well, yeah. You've you've seen my browsers. Uh And so, like, on each computer in two different browsers, I'll have 20-plus tabs open Mm -hmm. at any given time. And lately, I've been making a real concentrated effort to get those down. And, yeah, same with articles. Yeah. So what we did was, actually, I first heard about this through work. Uh, Someone had asked about this Iris speed reading course. Mm -hmm. I'd said, oh, that's interesting. I've heard a little bit about speed reading. It sounds like there might not be much to it, but you know, maybe check it out. Yeah. Maybe I will too. Get back to you. And so we looked at their website and they were having a local class, like a live class in Los Angeles. What? We live there. And just in case anyone is hearing Iris speeding... Iris. It's Iris. It's not Ira Flato teaching a reading class. (laughs) Yeah, Iris as in the I. The I. Mm -hmm. We signed up for it, and there, I guess, was a special. I didn't realize this was a discounted rate. Yeah, it was a New Year's special. For $398 for the two of us. Yes. So $200 per person. Yep. Good deal. Yeah, not bad. Uh, Well, for a six-hour class. Right. It's a six-hour class with an hour's worth of breaks. And I guess looking at their website now, it's $598 for two people. So look at that. Look for a deal for all the people having New Year's resolutions to speed read. Do you think that's anyone's New Year's resolution? It would be on my list to read more books. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Which, you know, it's a means to an end. Sure. But yeah, so we got it for $200 per person, $199 per person (laughs) for all of you pedantic people out there. (laughs) Don't send us emails. (laughs) Yeah. Save your email. (laughs) Spend your time reading something else. So it was down by the LAX airport, Los Angeles International Airport, which is always awful to get down to. So thank you for driving. Oh, it's no problem. I mean, you don't owe me anything. I'm just a really good person with a lot to offer humanity. That's great. And so we parked uh, one of the little like shuttle parking spots to mm-hmm. save money for our listeners. Yes, we did. We, we went all over because we we're like, we're not paying $15 for valet. <laughs> we are not charging that to our listeners. No way. And then we <laughs> drove like two or three blocks and circled and circled and found a place that was $13. We saved we were $2. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
That's so right. you're welcome. So by the time we got there, we, we'd already read that it was going to be in the La Jolla room at the LAX Hilton mm-hmm. on the second floor. Yep. And so we get up to the second floor and we're looking around and there's conventions going on. Yeah. One very notable and noticeable was, was Herbalife. Herbalife, yeah. Spanish speaking Herbalife, Herbalife yeah. conference. Yeah. So there's a lot of guys walking around. We start going down this one hallway and there's this guy wearing a suit. So I was like, excuse me, sir, can you tell me where the La Jolla room is? No eye contact whatsoever. The guy just like yeah. walks past us like a like a moving. I, think I hated you. Like a moving rock. Yeah, like filled with spite. <laughs> I think he also might just not have heard you. T- it turns out, just a little farther down that insignificant hallway, we found the La Jolla room. Yes, and it, it was like five minutes into the class. I think we missed a few introductions or something. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we were there. We sat down in the back. There were fifteen people, I think, including us. We had already started things off to a great start. We were a little bit late, and we were the noisy ones. Mm-hmm. And then you got up to close the door and then we're told not to do that at first i was thanked for closing the door right. because the outside herbalife noise was distracting right but then someone tried to get in and the door was locked and then i was asked to leave the door open right this is neither here nor there <laughs> well it's mostly there it's there but, so so what was the first thing he oh first he went over the history of his company right and sounds, how he founded it yeah and why. small organization it sounds like yeah so would you give us a dramatic retelling where you are the teacher of your journey to teaching speed reading <clears throat> i don't know i can't speak in anything better than generic terms <laughs> was it really that uh, interesting no okay <laughs> Uh, basically, he just told us that he had struggled with trying to keep up as a student, and yeah. and someone had taught him these efficiency skills, and he turned it into a business. And that person, I think the professor had at first told him to take a speed reading course, and he couldn't find one for some mm-hmm. reason, so then he said, well, will you just teach me? And the guy did. Come here under my wing, and I will teach you all that I have to share. <laughs> now I picture the professor being that owl from Sword in the Stone. <laughs> Archimedes? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah, this was... The same guy that we had seen in a video we'd watched on the website. So, yes. So, so if you go to irisreading.com, you can see our teacher. And um, Nice guy. Very nice guy. Paul Novak. Yeah, the video there is a lot like the intro to the class. And he was even saying that English is not his first language. Which is amazing. I mean, I know. you would have no idea. Yeah, I know. He speaks uh, great English, and uh, I guess he's from the Chicago area. Right. But yeah, we instantly liked him. He's a very likable guy. If you're to glean anything just from your impression of the person giving the class whether it seems like a con, whether they seem like a con person. Right. He does not seem like a con person. Right. For me, anyway. He, I felt like it would be hard for this guy to pull a con. He's just so, like, honest and meek, almost. Right. And he would be very quick to disclaim things and, mm-hmm. you know, like, not try to make too big a deal out of any particular claim he right. was making. And, and that said, there are, like, downfalls, which we'll talk about. Sure. But. And it punctuated by, you know, little bits of laughter. and uh, You know, you... Oh, he had like six jokes that you could tell like he works Rehearsed. in because like he knows he's like not a funny guy but <laughs> right. he has these jokes here's like, my joke here's yeah. it, here it comes right? <laughs> <laughs> like, about about two minutes in they might be kind of bored so make sure you bring in some levity right uh, t- a tall fellow wore like kind of a, a dress shirt Without the tie and the suit jacket. Yeah. Right. I'm doing something professional. I'm teaching a class. Right. Yeah, you know, he had that look on. It was funny because both you and I immediately agreed that he not only kind of looked, but also sounded like Brian Dunning. Who's another podcaster. Another podcaster. Actually, we'll, we'll mention him in just a bit. Yeah, we like this guy. And mm-hmm. he uh, got right into the content of the class. I was writing down notes. 
Radisson Hotel uh, had given us these little notepads. So I was vigorously writing down questions that I had for him. And most of them were addressed in the course of the class or other people asking them. But I made sure I got all my questions in. He wanted to make sure that this is not a class on how to skim. Right. He did say that from the very beginning. He said it's also not hooked on phonics. You know, he's not teaching people. That was one of his little jokies. (laughs) Exactly. This isn't hooked on phonics. If that's what you need, you're in the wrong class. That's right. Oh, he had another you're in the wrong class joke, which was he was talking about subvocalization which is the habit of saying words to yourself in your head while you As read. you're reading yeah and he said now the voice should be yours if the voice is someone else's you may need a different class <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was pretty good so yeah we weren't there to learn to read we should already know that but he did make the point later that you're only taught to read once when you're very young Right. I didn't quite buy this. And these methods are, you know, kind of teaching yourself a new skill on top of that, learning how to read again as an adult. Right. But then he said, unlike math, that you're taught many times. So it's like, well, you're taught different types of math. I mean, you're taught, you're not retaught addition. Sure. It's cumulative. It builds one on top of the other. Well, the same with reading. I mean, you could say, like in college, I learned to read scientific papers Mm. that I hadn't learned to read before. I mean, come on now. I don't know. I think it's a fair point in that, you know. I think it's not a fair point. All right. We disagree. Okay. Well, I'm out of here. Slam. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that was another point he made. He's saying just basic things like, you know, you still need to get all your sleep and everything like that. You need Mm -hmm. to maintain a healthy body. Uh, But then we got into, you know, what we know about reading and some of the habits that he was going to try to break us of. Apparently, the average reading speed is about 150 to 250 words per minute. Right. See, I wasn't even aware of that. And he gave us all the sheet. Carrie didn't bring hers today. I didn't. I'm sorry. But my scores were so similar to yours that I think we're okay. It was uncanny. Now, Carrie's a very competitive person, and I'm a competitive person. (laughs) Thank you. Around competitive people. I'd say I'm, like, more competitive, but whatever. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it, it's actually uh, quite handy that we were both kind of matched in reading speed. Uh, yeah, totally. Which is interesting. So yeah, he gave us this progress sheet where you'd have the description of what you were reading, the words per minute, and then a comprehension column. Right. The The first article that he gave us was numbered along the sides. Yeah, we read that and I think we were pretty close to each other. We yeah, were supposed remember, to read for comprehension. Uh, yeah, we were supposed to read at our normal reading speed, not trying to be fast. That would be counter to the point right Right. now establishing your baseline (laughs) right so you had 267 and i remember this one i had 276 i remember because yeah okay the switch last numbers there so i had subjectively given myself an 82 percent and this is where it gets weird so there's this comprehension row right and you just give yourself a score yeah he's like you know what comprehension is just going to be a subjective thing either way you do it you know put down what you feel you got And then you said, because comprehension tests don't really test your comprehension. That's an interesting point, because he was saying, like, comprehension is in the moment what you are seeing on the page and how you're absorbing it in your brain. And he said retention is then a separate thing. Right. So comprehension tests are really retention tests. Well, fine, but... That That's really that's your really, only way to gauge that someone has actually absorbed the material. And, I mean, if you can comprehend it in the moment and forget it two minutes later on a test, not very useful. Right, right. So let's just say in this class, never once were we quizzed afterwards. Like, Ever. As I was reading, I would see, like, certain little important things. Like, okay, the average is 50,000, blah, blah, blah. You know, waiting later on you oh, know, for uh-huh. him to say, to okay, did you. any of you pick up? And, and uh, that... 
never came to fruition. I want us to try to read something and try to quiz each other. See oh. if we can do it. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so, so you said 82%. I remember feeling very confident about that. I yeah, think I wrote were, like 95 right. or something. Uh, so we read another article. I had 270. So consistent. That's kind of my reading level, which is already great. You know, I'm at the upper end. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah. And like just a little bit above you. So <clears throat> right. no big deal. That's, and my comprehension score stayed very high. <laughs> 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 very impressive. You went on so I just comprehended the shit. Uh, and then he wanted us to read out loud right so we're all reading at the same time the entire class right a little distracting uh, totally distracting and that was 200 for me you were in that range right around there i think yeah and my comprehension went way down because everyone else was talking and so oh right totally and then you start thinking about your own voice yes i have a pleasant reading voice (laughs) but that guy has an unpleasant reading voice she sounds unconfident i I'm confident. Well, you were doing all <laughs> that? <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> so that and yet I still felt my comprehension was 90%. <laughs> no, I think I said that my comprehension was like 70% because I was really distracted. Okay. He was making a point with that, and that was that we tend to read at about the same speed that we talk. Right. Because, and then this is a major... Because of sub-vocalization. Yes. That's a major point in these speed reading courses is that as we're reading, we're sounding out the words in our heads. Right. And he said that that's a, something you need to break yourself of, a habit that holds us back. But I felt like I don't do that very much. And my scores were not that similar. I mean, mm. I read a good 70 plus words faster. Right. When right. I didn't speak it. And I think both you and I, well, you know, judging by what he said, tend to be on the faster Right. End of reading. Yeah, I think the way he described it, as you said in the joke earlier, you're saying words inside your head like you're hearing a voice. I think that was misleading because what subvocalization is is just looking at the word and thinking about how it sounds without necessarily saying it even I don't as know. a voice. It in seems your head. like a lot of the people in the class were like, Yeah, uh-huh, yeah I, I hear say a it voice. in my, in my no head. Str- yeah. Ever since then, when I've been reading, I do notice that I am thinking about how the word is said as Mm -hmm. I'm reading it. But yeah, I'm not hearing it as a voice in my head. Hmm. So... I mean, that doesn't even quite resonate with me. Really? Yeah. Okay. But I mean, I could just be not quite thinking of it the right way. Okay. Well, just to give us a third party to Mm -hmm. this, I told my boyfriend about this sub-vocalization thing, and he just wouldn't even believe that that was a thing people did. He Hmm. just, he was like, what? Such a foreign concept. Yeah, they say the words out loud in their head, and I said, yeah. And then he said... Well, then you would read the same speed you talk. And I was like, yeah, most people do. And he said, what? Yeah. Yeah. He like couldn't comprehend that. He said, wait, so if you're looking at the word, you think about how it sounds. Nobody does that. It's like, yeah, no, most people do that. Well, your boyfriend reads a ton of books. Too. Yeah. He's like mm-hmm. a book a week kind of person. Yeah. Speaking of Brian Dunning, he did an episode of his Skeptoid podcast where he talks about speed reading. And I actually recommend that for some more of the factual background. Uh, anyways, the way he presented self-vocalization was different and was saying that it's really almost impossible to eliminate that, that you're always going to be kind of subconsciously thinking of how the words sound because mm-hmm. language is so tied to how we speak it. So that was one thing he wanted us to get rid of. That was point three, actually. Uh, another habit was fixation. Mm-hmm. Said that we tend to stop and kind of look at words. 
and you know that we scan from left to right and top to bottom, and that that slows us down. We would learn techniques to read multiple words at the same time. His example was when we look at a sign that says New York City, we don't see it as new. York City, we see it as just one thing that right. we think of as New York City. And then also regression. And this is That's the thing that I do the most. Yes. Yeah. Regression was number two. And that's the one where I was nodding my head like, yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. problem. Like rereading the same thing over and over, either just because you're tired or you're not fully paying attention. But yeah, your mind is wandering and you're just going back and rereading the same paragraph, same sentence over and over. Speaking of nodding along with this class, it was one of those he's one of those speakers where he doesn't ask a lot of questions. He doesn't engage you too much so your way of communicating with him is this very virulent nodding (laughs) yes absolutely that's how i feel (laughs) we had a lot of material to cover in six hours i guess who can blame him but yeah that's true Mm -hmm. this was an interesting analogy that he gave in fact he used a lot of sports analogies i guess he's a basketball player and so he was saying that you know when you're training for a basketball game you'll have the guys running back and forth and they're getting all tired they're Mm -hmm. saying but coach we're so exhausted Mm -hmm. we never get this tired during the game we don't run in the game like that and the coach says because we want you to be so used to running that you don't get tired in the game and you don't even have to think about it. You just have the energy. Right. So he was saying that we need to separate the different components of reading, the actual like speed and intake of the reading, the comprehension, and the retention. And so you do these speed drills so that you power through a whole bunch of reading. You might not even comprehend it. No big deal. But But you're doing it at 400, 500 words a minute. So then when you go back, you scale it back a little bit, maybe to 300, you're still pushing your maximum, but it doesn't feel so fast. Maybe your normal reading speed is 200. So Mm -hmm. you read at 400 words per minute, you kind of force yourself, achieve that pace. And and by achieve that, we don't even mean read this and understand it. We mean your eyes, your eyes move over all those words. At that speed. At that speed. Right. And then... You go back, and then you try reading again for comprehension, and by having done that, just getting yourself used to scanning the words faster, now you're naturally reading and comprehending at a faster speed. And we found that to be true. So it's kind of ratcheting. Yeah, absolutely. He was giving us these time drills, Mm -hmm. and so we'd read through it, and it's this frantic feeling for me. It really is. You get panicked. Yeah, I'm I'm missing information. I want to go back, but I can't. i got to make the deadline. As a writer, I was like, oh my God, I feel so guilty. This person chose these words. Yeah, well, I mean, it's really true. Like, you sit there and agonize over how to frame a sentence. And then someone's like, dog jump fence, when you've thought about how to, how to <laughs> phrase that sentence about seeing that beautiful beagle but to be fair jump over a fence to get free from his captor not all the writing that we encounter need to read is that lovingly right. composed yes yes there's that's some, true well, and that's i think where yeah we'll get into this later but where there's some discernment required yes, here the type of material you're reading is very important so yeah we went through these speed drills these kind of breakneck speeds made me super uncomfortable it feels like when you were in college and you just realized you had to write a paper that's due in an hour and you're just like holy fuck everything's going at breakneck speed (laughs) right but then when we went back and we did additional reading tests i was going faster so yeah me too uh, i was hitting 300 even 400 plus yeah by the end of the class i was getting near the mid 400s and i was uncomfortable but i still felt like i was absorbing more than i would yeah you gave yourself a comprehension of well, that 90, 95%. That 93 there. Oh, 93. Uh-huh. Is uh, after we had pre-read. Oh, right. That's so sometimes later. we would shove through 
a passage at breakneck speed, can't possibly absorb it, and then read it again at right. a slightly sp- slower speed. Yeah, and then a, a later skill that he had us practice was doing a pre-read, where you kind of go through and you read like the first paragraph carefully mm-hmm. and the last paragraph, and maybe the section titles. So you get a feel for it. This is what it's talking about. Right. And then your brain is in a more receptive mode to you put all the pieces together. Yeah. So you can read a little faster. And that, that makes sense. Yeah, that definitely makes sense with the kind of literature he was passing out, which was mostly like business and self-help and organizational stuff where the writer has organized it into sections for you to make it very broken down. Mm -hmm. But if you're reading Mary Roach, (laughs) it's probably not going to be like that. Exactly. He gave us multiple, you tested that, and he said that that's what you should be doing in your own practice time, like spending 15 minutes a day reading past your comfort zone and then go back, reread at your comfort zone. You said past your comfort zone. They said past your comfort zone, and then I thought it was Ray Ray Comfort, Comfort. and then I pictured you reading with Ray Comfort, and then I had to come back to your sentence, and now I don't know what happened. Under a comforter reading about bananas? Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) You have an active imagination. (laughs) I also drink a little coffee. But wait. Whoa, hey, hey, hey. Let's take a moment here. Back up to the trolley. Just to talk about some of the other exciting shows on MaximumFun.org. Oh, that's my favorite podcasting network. We're not the only amazing show on there. No. There are also shows like Sawbones. Sawbones. Yeah, which is a hilarious show where Dr. Sydney McElroy and her husband, Justin, Mm-hmm. talk to you about medical myths and stories and uh, history she has medical knowledge he does not yeah so he's sort of the greek chorus character right he is all of us and i was particularly impressed because uh right before we joined maximum fun i was telling my wife about this and she does not listen to many podcasts at all maybe mm-hmm. like three uh-huh. i listen to like 20 i'd been playing a bunch of my shows she said, hey, I, I found this really fun podcast, and it's got like some medical history about contraceptions throughout the ages. And I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. Let's listen to it. And my poor 12-year-old son in the back learned a lot from, from, <laughs> from this. But anyways, it turned out to be Sawbones. And I said, hey, they're on our new network. Yeah. That's so cool that you already listened to That's them. That's great. Yeah, and it is a really funny show. Yeah, informative and funny. Yeah, So check sure. it out. And if you want to know things like, like, maybe you're thinking about getting lobotomized, and you're like, oh, no, is this a good idea? Then consult you, first you with a podcast. Actually, now that I'm saying this out loud, you really should probably go to a doctor and ask them. But listening to Sawbones will help you realize no, it's not a good idea. <laughs> Maximumfun.org. Okay, here came one of the important, I think, tips for the day. And that, tip of the day. Tip of the day. day, day and that was day. using the tip of your finger. Yes. Or like a pointing device to help you read. Right. And actually, this, I think, was a really good takeaway from the class. And I hate doing it, but it does seem to help. Right. And so the idea is that you're using a pointer of some sort. I guess it's good to get used to using your finger because you've always got that with you to help you scan the line. He was saying that it's the motion. The movement mm-hmm. of your finger draws your eye and that we are attracted to motion. Right. I think there's a lot more going on. I think it's that it's alerting you to the speed at which you're reading because you're yeah. constantly seeing sort of a feedback and then it's also hiding a bit of the rest of the page that your eyes may be trying to absorb oh yes okay so i think there's a few things that are kind of working to your benefit there but it really does help you if you're scanning through the lines because it can help you keep a consistent speed and Mm -hmm. if you slow down you realize what you're doing because your finger slowing down right Uh, and there's a little bit of immediate gratification seeing your hand just like boom 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 across it you're like that's right no big deal i'm reading that fast is someone watching me i don't care i'm making progress and so I, I actually think that's a really useful way. And 
and you're right. Uh, actually, I'm more comfortable with it now, but at first I was like, okay, this feels really stupid. That yeah, I'm... it did to me too. It reminded me of learning reading in first grade because they <laughs> right. eventually teach it out. If they're like, okay, now don't use your bookmark, don't use your hands. You're just going right. to read across. But because of these factors, I think it's also keeping you focused. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the benefit from the class was reading in such a way that keeps you focused. Yeah. Because if you're if you're rescanning lines, if you're going back, then you're not using your time effectively. If right. you if you have sort of a time limit that you've set yourself and you're scanning along with your finger, there's these things that are kind of keeping you in the game. Right. To go back to the Oh definitely. Metaphor. And he used the analogy of the deadline and I know this having deadline based work, but everyone kind of has this reference of being a student at least, that when a paper's due tomorrow, suddenly you can focus on just yes. that, only do that, and it's very easy. Whereas when you have three weeks to write it, it might be pretty hard to focus. So by the same token, if you set yourself a deadline of, I'm going to read 500 words a minute, I'm setting this timer for myself, or I want to finish this book today right? because I know that I can do that, then you're more likely to focus on it. Yeah. Another key point that he made about regression is that we'll often reread a sentence, and he said consider the possibility that maybe the sentence isn't well written mm -hmm. or that it doesn't make sense unless you have the next sentence in which to evaluate it. Right. So he said, don't repeat a sentence, at least get through the paragraph. Right. Ask yourself, did I not fully understand that paragraph? Then go back and reread. Right. And you can save yourself a lot of needless rescanning. And that makes sense too. This does sound pretty hard with something that has a lot of new vocab in it. If you were reading yeah. a scientific paper, I could see this being very difficult right. too. So, yeah, the material becomes very important in, in all these scenarios. Yeah. Uh, and let's talk about that for a second, because I yeah. brought it up to him twice, and I felt like he downplayed it a little, although he satisfactorily answered it. One time I said, you know, I'm a writer, and I feel like I'm sort of doing a disservice to the person writing this material by shoving myself through it. Right. And he said, oh, well, you know, you do decide whether you want to speed read based on the material, and maybe you, maybe you scale it back a little, but you still read pretty fast, but, you know. And I could just kind of tell, like, he doesn't really read for pleasure very much. He doesn't... Mm. I mean, he seemed to really love, like, self-help books and organization books and that kind of stuff. Right. Where a lot this of might be really easy type to books. do. And yeah. Yeah, he nodded to the fact that, yeah, there are certain books that you just need to... Uh take more slowly. In fact, right. he pointed out this quote that I've heard before I love from Sir Francis Bacon. Some books are to be tasted, others to be swallowed, and some few to be chewed and digested. That is, some books are to be read only in parts, others to be read but not curiously, and some few to be read wholly and with diligence and attention. Right. I like that. I like that too. But yeah, I mean, I, I felt like he was kind of downplaying a little bit that this is an actual imitation of the service you're offering yes. me. Yes. At the same time, he wasn't pushing like particular words per minute you That's know, true. goals or anything. And we asked him a series of questions after the class, which I thought were incredibly helpful, the answers of which could have been in the main content uh, of the course itself. But yeah, we asked him kind of what his reading rate was, and he said eh, somewhere 800 to 900. Which is crazy to me. Crazy fast, right. Yeah. And he was saying that the fastest he's kind of legitimately seen is around like the 1100, maybe 1200 Well, range. he said that there was that one student who was reading 1900 words a minute, but was a total outlier yeah but i did not believe this story and i believed that he believed it 
But the student had speed read Animal Farm, which yeah. most students read in 10th grade in California. It seems like he was suspicious of it as well. But out in the wild, you can hear these crazy claims. And in fact, yeah. I was talking to our friend Spencer about this. And he was saying, oh, actually, I'm right next to a friend right now who said he took one of these classes. And he said that he could get up to 6,800 words per minute right. with 100% comprehension. Right. I wonder if he was also analyzing his own comprehension. <laughs> yeah, right? Subjectively. Yeah. yeah, is he being asked questions afterwards? So it seems like there is a physical limitation that kind of makes that impossible, unless yeah. you're some sort of savant who can like store pictures of the page and reaccess them or something. I'm not, I, I don't want to even comment on that, but it seems like there is the ability for certain savants with different brain wiring to be able yeah, to. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Read fast. Yeah. Right. We are not that savant. No, we are not. As talented and attractive as we are. Well, Ross, thank you so much. I <laughs> don't even know what to say. So, so just beware. There are some crazy claims out there, and at least he wasn't saying that for the class, that we'd be able to reach those kind of numbers. But a little bit about the physicality of what the eye can do, as most of you may know. I can do. I can do. Our visual field is mostly blurry, and our brain sort of puts the image together for us to make us feel like we're seeing a lot more than we are. But there's about 1% in the center of our vision that the fovea covers. You know, the fovea on the retina has the highest concentration of sensors, and that is our focus area. And that can only look so many places at one time. I think on average, we tend to make four or five movements per second. These are called saccades. Uh And so the eye moves rapidly. I even read it's the fastest motion that our bodies produce. Oh, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of cool. My pelvic thrusts are about that fast, but... (laughs) That is not not at all attractive. (laughs) That is not alluring. That's what you're going for. But, like, if I scan, do this all as you're listening. Look from left over to the right and move your eyes. It feels like a continuous motion, but your eyes are doing all these little jerky movements and then your brain is stitching it all together. Anyways, there's a physical limitation there of how much we can actually see well. I think there's a limit to the speed you can read. You would. You would, Mr. Science. Sounds like it's somewhere in the range that we're talking about between 400, 800, something like that. It's interesting. He actually, when we got back from our break, uh, it was interesting. He actually spent a lot of time on memory techniques. Mm -hmm. And kind of a bit much to the point where I was like, wait a second. What is this? this? Yeah. And he only kind of loosely tied it to speed reading that, oh, well, if you get past that phase where you've done your pre-reading and then your reading, then you might need to go back and memorize stuff like for a class. Right. And then he had this series of memorization techniques. Yeah. It happened to be a technique I've learned before, which is yeah. fine, except if that had been part of the pitch to me to take this class, it would have been like, I already know how to do that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the reminder, but it was a lot to do with similar sound technique. Like if you're learning somebody's name or a new word, mm-hmm. you find something that sounds similar and you create like a funny image out of it. Right. Something shocking, Try disgusting, humorous. Yeah. Right. And then that will help you remember. Totally yeah. works. That's yeah. great advice. Right. Well, uh, we don't need to go through exactly what the lessons were, but it was like Maybe a good 45 minutes of this class devoted to something that, to me, didn't have anything to do with speed reading. Right. I happen to be good at memorizing stuff. You do, too. You're an actor. I'm pretty bad at it, actually. Oh, never mind. It takes me a long time to learn lines. But yeah, you're really good at it. I'm good at memorizing like numbers and crazy random stuff like that. He also had us bring our own reading material. Yeah. So we were practicing with that. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I brought this book about sororities called Pledged. And it's an undercover investigation of what life is really like in sororities. It's written by this journalist named Alexander Robbins. And uh, so I brought that and I'm like speed reading through it. It turns out that in a lot of ways, this is the perfect book to speed read through because mm -hmm. it turned out I wasn't a big fan of the author's writing style. Uh -huh. So I was still getting that information without feeling like I was doing her a disservice. But then he was having a speed read at like 500 words per minute when I got to a part that's about sexual assault. Oh, no. And I'm just like powering through this. <laughs> He's like three pages about this poor woman being assaulted. This heart-wrenching Yeah, and I was just like, story. oh, that's too bad. <laughs> so... That was awkward. That's terrible. Yeah. Uh, I brought a good book for speed reading and a bad book for speed reading. I brought Life of Pi, which I had taken like two and a half weeks to get halfway through. Uh -huh. And I'd been wanting to read this, and my dad had given it to me. And so that was fine for speed reading. And that was one oh, okay. where, you know, you can get the gist of it. So I was using that. I ended up using that most of the time. The other book I brought was Gulp by Mary Roach. Mary Roach. One of my favorite authors. Me too. She kind of does what we do, but she'll like really get into the fun discussions with researchers and she'll just follow the trail always just like a step further and find something really funny in it. Since you mentioned one of your favorite yeah. other podcasts, I want to mention one of mine because Mary Roach was on it. She's on the show called Quit It with a friend of the show, Brian Thompson, yes. where she's really funny. Like she's a really funny writer, but even in person, she's very funny. So go look up Quit It with Mary Roach. Excellent. So yeah, I love reading her books and and she packs it with so much information, but also she's just having fun with the language. Right. And I tried a couple of times like, okay, this I cannot speed read. Uh -huh, you know, I need sure. to, I need to observe this. And yeah, I would definitely feel like I wasn't cutting Mary Roach her due right. respect. And I enjoy reading. I really enjoy the process. And I think I'm a, a really good speller because I tend to read slowly and really look mm. at the words. Uh -huh. Part of this whole enterprise is worrisome to me. Like, oh, no, I don't want to lose that enjoyment of reading. Right. Her book immediately was one where I said, no, no, I'm going to take this at my own yeah. pace. This was a really good piece of information that he gave us. And another one that I think is a real takeaway for me. He was pointing to some research saying that 25 minutes is a really good kind of cutoff time for mm -hmm. reading at any one right. go. Chunk. Uh -huh. And that after that point, our concentration just tends to flag. So he was saying, set yourself 25 minutes. Estimate how much you should be able to read at the speed you want to be reading. Try to attain that. Turn off the airplane mode on your phone. Turn and on the airplane mode on your phone. Thank you. Yes. Right. <laughs> Turn on the airplane mode on your phone. Another great right. piece of advice. Just do that reading. See how far you got. If you matched it, exceeded it. Then go do something else for at least five minutes. Then come back to it. And he was saying that, you know, when college students try to power through that, you know, that paper's due and right. shit, I got to read this, that your concentration is going to go down after that 25 minutes, give or take. And then it's just counterproductive. You know, mm -hmm. You're going to be rereading, et cetera. So that was a real takeaway that I use later on when I was reading after the class. Also, he gave us a link to accelerator.com. Yep. Um, not spelled quite how you might expect. Excella. Excella reader. Right. Dot com. And that's where you can just copy paste in text. And then there's a little drop down menu. You can choose how many words at a time to show and then how many words per minute you want to read. And it just just spits them at you. Yeah. You have to read it because it's moving. Right. <laughs> uh, so I did this with two Atlantic articles. He didn't advise looking at one word at a time. He said you won't be able to blink if you do that. But mm -hmm. if I put it at one word at a time, 400 words a minute, it was very easy. Oh. And if I did it with two words at a time at 400 words a minute, I could not read it. And if I did it two words at a time at like 
370. I could kind of read it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I read four Salon.com articles that I'd been saving okay. for a long time on my desktop as PDFs. Because, you know, those tend to be really long articles. And it's always like, yeah, take a lot of time. So I pasted those in. I did 400 words per minute with three words at a time. Okay. And that actually worked really well for huh. me. And it was funny because my wife, after one of the articles, she's like, Okay, uh, I read that too, but what was that all about? Because she was back on the couch, and oh, it's huh. really big type, so oh, she could read huh. it from afar. She's like, well, why are you reading it that way? Uh-huh. <laughs> so I told her about it, but it was kind of interesting that she was able to follow along from far away right. at the same time. I, I think it's a really great way to read things because you don't have the distraction of the lines, of the advertisements. You're just stripping it down to the words. They're flashing at you, and you're, you're absorbing them. I'm going to read more articles that way. Yeah, I guess I will, too. The downfall for me was I kept thinking, like, boy, this isn't pretty. Because I'm used to looking at sure. the nice Atlantic website with the pretty layout sure. and the pictures in there. And then I'm like, the <laughs> cleric. There is an option to take off definite articles, or you can put in words that it will strip out. Oh, right. That sounds worse. Yeah, then it turns into caveman speak. Yeah. So, Ross, I was thinking. Okay. Now that we've done this and we've been practicing it for about a week, Mm -hmm. maybe we should actually time each other, see what our time is now, and then the other person can check for comprehension by reading it over slowly and kissing the person. Okay. What are we going to read? So I'm going to grab a random book. Well, have you read all the books here? I have not. I'm going to grab a random book for you, and then you grab a random book for me. Okay. Okay, so how about you read some of Crystal Healing, which I picked out for you, which turned out to be a gift you were hiding from me. Uh (laughs) And I will read the one you picked out for me, which is Walt Before Mickey, Mm self-explanatory. And we'll not make our listeners listen to Dead Noise while we read it. And then we'll count up how much we read and see how that compares to our recent scores in the class and then we'll switch books read it leisurely and then quiz each other let's do it okay so what was your reading speed all right so i'd read a page and a half of the crystal healing book and i'd say that was about 360 words per minute okay in the one minute we gave ourselves to read okay great i'm gonna quiz you on your comprehension oh boy I'm this, really scared. I can understand why this would be tough, because having read it after you, it's a little... It's loopy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little out there. Okay. Yeah, and I, there's a natural inclination in my brain to shut that stuff out Aww. anyway. Well, that's not good. You need that for our show. I just have to focus. Sure. To focus. Okay. What is the function of the sixth chakra? So you read about the sixth and seventh chakras. Right. So first. Clarity? Yeah. Clear seeing and intuitive sight. Okay. Okay. Or clairvoyance. Hey, okay. All right. <laughs> Maybe more relevant than clarity, but sure. yeah. <laughs> okay, what happens if the brow chakra is blocked? Oh, goodness. Um, I remember you're supposed to like rub the sides of your head in addition to using the crystal or something like that. I thought there was like mm-hmm. a rubbing of the head, but uh, oh, it's a problem with the third eye, right? Yeah, the sixth chakra is the third eye, yeah. Oh, okay. So what happens if something's wrong with your sixth chakra? What symptoms might I find in your physical person? Oh, goodness. Oh, I don't know. I'd be guessing. Blindness, headaches, nightmares, eye strain, or blurred vision. Okay. And what color would you visualize to try to balance that chakra? Like a violet? Indigo. Indigo, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. What is the name of the seventh chakra? Oh, was that like the Samsahara word? Samsara? Yeah, you've got the uh, Sanskrit name was 
Sahasrara. <laughs> okay. And what? Uh, I thought that might come up. I but saw there's, that. <laughs> there's an English word for it too that's a bit simpler. Oh hell, you got me. <laughs> crown. A crown. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I okay. Now that you say <laughs> You're that, like I don't remember crown, but I, I remember I do re- Sahasrara. <laughs> I do remember picturing the top of the head, but okay. Okay. And what does the seventh chakra do? Okay, I don't know. I would, say, I would say something to do with something with intellect or something like that. Perfect understanding. Perfect understanding. Sure. Okay. Kind of intuitive to it being the crown chakra, but yeah. I could have okay. used that while reading. <laughs> right. Perfect understanding. Uh, what are symptoms of a blocked seventh chakra? Yeah, I don't know. I'd just be guessing at this point. Confusion. Uh, confusion is one of them. Hey. Depression, alienation, confusion, boredom, apathy, inability to learn. Or to comprehend. Oh, so perfect. Yours I, is all fucks right I, now. I picked a good page at random <laughs> to demonstrate my lack of ability of to Of seventh chakra. Yours yeah. is blocked. And if you want to check blocked chakras on a person's body, what should you hold in your hand? Some sort of crystal. Yeah, it just said a crystal. <laughs> this book is called Crystal Healing. Yeah, so. that was a gimme. Okay. So what would you give your comprehension? Oh, geez. I have 42. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that seems fair. Okay. All right. I, I think mine's going to be similar or worse because right. this is just full of, it was laughably full of factoids. Every sentence was like, plus he liked cigars. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this is uh, from the book Walt Before Mickey. So, uh... Walt arrived on the train. About how much money did he have? (laughs) I remember seeing that. I think that was the first time I was like, oh, shit, this is just going to be full of facts. What did he have with him? Okay, I want to say it was like 40 bucks. That's exactly it. Oh, okay. Hey, and and a friend. 40 bucks and a friend. He had a suitcase, a cheap suitcase that carried all his belongings. I thought he had, wasn't his friend with him, Ro- Roger. Ro- well, his bo- his brother's Roy. His brother Roy was there to meet him. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm just thinking of that. Yeah. All right. Okay. About what year was this? Nineteen. It was the 1900s. Yes. Nineteen <laughs> twenty-two. Very good. It's 23. Okay, okay. Yeah, big bold letters here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I didn't read that. Sure. Well, <laughs> it's in there too, but uh, yes, very good. 23. Okay. Okay, what film did he have with him that he'd Alice already... in Wonderland. Okay, Alice's Wonderland. Okay. Uh, I was going to ask you where he created that, like what the name of the company was, but that's asking oh, too much. Oh, wait. No, I remember seeing that. See, that was one of the things that made me like, this is ridiculous. Uh, it's like, it's a hyphenated name. Uh-huh, it's good. like... Lots of worlds or something. That's a very good remembrance. Laughograms. Okay. All right. His brother Roy had yeah. a disease. What was that? Oh, shit. He did? Yeah. Okay. Um, multiple sclerosis. Tuberculosis. Okay. Osis. Come on. Something was inflamed. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, wait. Is that? Oh, the itis is inflammation. What's osis? That I don't know. Okay. Anyway, go on. Where was the family from? Like all the Disneys had moved out from one location. I'm nodding. Mm-hmm. I'm nodding, and I'm thinking about how there are lots of countries in the world. It was mentioned multiple Poland? times. No, like immediately before they moved to L.A., where did they come from? The Netherlands. I'm not saying it's another country. It was Kansas Miami. City. Miami. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, yeah, I do remember Kansas that. Okay. okay. Who did Walt move in with? Who did he live with? Roy? No. No. Esther? His uncle. His uncle. Robert Pat. Samuel it's Disney. Robert. Robert. <laughs> I, I knew it was an R because I know I said Pat. 
<laughs> earlier I said Roger something with an R. I knew there were R names involved. Okay. <laughs> Just one more question here. Uh, okay. Who was described by Walt's daughter as a little bit on the strict side, but had a heart of gold? I don't even remember that. I don't know if I read that. <laughs> that, that was the uncle's wife, Charlotte Ann Hussey Disney. Oh, I don't even remember that person existing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yay, speed reading. Okay. And uh, that was about 500 words per minute for you. Yeah, and I would say my comprehension was about like yours. A little shy of 50%. Okay, okay. Okay. The general gist. Yeah, uh, maybe. I don't know if If even even. that. Well, I feel a little less confident (laughs) about our speed reading abilities. Right. So after the class, Mm. I did a lot of speed reading. I've been testing this out. We both read from Excellareader.com. And also, I finished Life of Pi, right. and what I did was I gave myself 25-minute chunks, and I'd counted out the number of words on each page and, like, taken an average between two pages. Like, okay, these look representative. And then I'd calculated, in 25 minutes, I should be able to read 32 pages. And I did a test of reading through. I was getting 47 seconds per page. So at the end of the first 25-minute chunk, I'd read 34 pages. Okay. I was really proud of myself. And then you I didn't know a, what the hell happened, but you'd write them. Right. <laughs> um, and then I, I took a break, and then I came back to it, and I got through 40 pages because there was a bunch of dialogue. Uh-huh. And so I kept coming back to it, and over two days, I finished Life of Pi. Okay. Because the first half had taken me almost three weeks to get through. Mm-hmm. And this took me, you know, two days, not full days. You know, I felt my comprehension was actually pretty good on that. Mm-hmm. Like, much better than what we just did right uh-huh. now. Because it was just kind of the simple narrative. Right. So I feel later on I, I would have, like... But a, no one tested you. But so no one tested me. So, yeah, who knows? We'd have to I go should back have, to that. We should have asked ourselves what we thought our comprehension was before we tested it. But oh, well. Totally. Yeah, right. Because afterwards, uh, no confidence. And then uh, we'd started reading... Animal Farm by George Orwell right, in, the, in class. the class. He had a bunch of copies he handed out to everybody. Right. And so I was like, well, now I want to finish that because it's like only 100 pages. Yeah. And so that same night, the day after the class, I finished Animal Farm. Did you Farm. like it? I did. Yeah, I like yeah, it too. it was really enjoyable. And that was one... I also read pretty fast, but there were a few points where I really had to go back and like, okay, I didn't understand what happened. Oh, he said a hilarious thing about that, though. He was like, you know, this is one you can speed read through because it's not like George Orwell was a great writer or something. Did he say that? (laughs) Yeah, he said like he opened up to a page and he's like, I mean, it says what? The winter was bleak. Come on. You're right. right. (laughs) Yeah, George Orwell. He's not known for his writing skills. Oh, my goodness. And then after that, I wanted to read Gulp by Mary Roach. But that was one where I was like, okay, this is not going to work. But I tried to use all the other skills. Mm -hmm. So I was scanning with my hand, even though I was reading as a like an ebook. And also I would set myself time goals. And so I was making steady progress. And I, I think that's what really helped. I was able to read a book that probably would have taken me many weeks to get right. through just at my normal pace. I was able to read it in like three days just by giving myself time limits uh-huh. and working my way through it and not going back. I also tried to keep myself going at a steady pace and not like constantly flipping back. I wouldn't call it speed reading, but I got through the book a lot faster than I normally would. Speedier reading. Speedier reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I think maybe a better term for this when it works, like the things that actually make sense, would just be mm-hmm. strategic reading. Mm-hmm. So it helped me a lot. And I've been really excited about reading. I always love reading, but it's like, oh, now I'm making progress. And right. so I think by calculating kind of your average words per page and making estimates on your progress and then forcing yourself to spend these blocks. That's the thing. I think forcing yourself to do it is the main thing here. Yeah. When I got 
got home and I was telling someone about this class and they said, well, what's the secret? And I was like, just read really fast. Like, <laughs> do it. Just make yourself do it. You could do it. Just, just do it. Read it really, really fast. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's true. I mean, you just... Once you believe that that's possible, that you could read it that fast, or at least like your eyes could scan over it that fast. So right. I'm going to scale it back from what I can push my eyes to do and find a happy medium between my eyes and my brain. <laughs> right. Just having an idea of your reading speed, what the content of the book is like, how much time that's going to take you, and then breaking it down. Yeah. And I love statistics, so this plays really well into all my neuroses. Mm -hmm. Normally, as I'd read through a book, I would constantly be monitoring the percentage of the book I'd read. Right. But still somewhere in like, you know, 45 to 55. like, yeah, I just feel like I'm moving nowhere. And mm -hmm. you get a little discouraged. I just started Bill Bryson's A Short History of Nearly Everything. I've been wanting to read that for forever. And it's, a, you know, big pages. There's a lot of content in there. But already I have an idea that it's going to take me like nine and a half hours worth of reading. Mm -hmm. So now I can kind of break it down and say, okay, if I read two chunks a day for 10 days, I'll get through it. Right. That's really cool. Yeah. I like that. Desk who? Desk who? Well. So the long story short, Carrie, I read three books in five days since we took the class. Well, that's great. Yeah. I didn't. Okay. So Ross, really quick. In yes. your speed reading voice, what would you give this on a pseudoscience rating where one is something completely not pseudoscientific like, I don't know, the theory of evolution, and 10 is something very pseudoscientific like, uh, uh, you are made of goat sperm? On that scale, I would say that this is probably something more like a, I'm going to say a four. Okay, I was going to say a three. Go on, your turn. Judging outside of this class, there's mm -hmm. a lot of like really exaggerated claims. Mm -hmm. But even within this class, I don't know, we, we're going to keep at this. We're going to keep testing. I'm going to say... Still, there's things I'm not sure pan out, like the subvocalization. All right. Getting rid of that. Maybe you can minimize it, though. So yeah. I still feel like it should be a fairly low score, though, because this actually ended up being a lot more practical than I was expecting. Mm -hmm. And I came away with a lot of great tips. Right. And I, I felt it was really useful information. I mean, even if all it's doing is convincing you that you really can read that fast, people would pay 150 bucks for a hypnosis course that convinces you to read faster. And if I can keep this up, if I can read it like kind of at that speed for the rest of the year, you know, and going forward, that's totally worth it to me. Right. Well, now we're getting a little into pocket drainer value. So it sounds like you would give it a low score. Ah, uh, yeah. So for pocket drainer value, that's a lot of money, like $300 for the course. Yeah. We paid 200 So we'll judge it there. It's a lot of money. You know, there are things that are easily communicated. I mean, he did use up the full five hours of instruction and mm -hmm. we got a good 15 minutes of personal Q&A afterward. But I'd say, yeah, if it's effective, if it inspires you to read more mm -hmm. and that adds to your life satisfaction, which so far it's doing for me, I say it's worth it. So? I'm going to say pocket drainer value three. Okay. Yeah, and I would say four. Also, we should mention that at least with his class, you can go back and take it as many times as you want for yes. free once you've paid for it once. Y you know what? That's a really important point. We really didn't get into that much. He gives you additional tools. Yep. And in fact, the company seems to sell a lot of productivity things. Mm -hmm. Like they were sending us emails before we actually even stepped foot in the class. Hey, limited time offer if you buy today. We have all these productivity classes, hours of online reading. And it was all these you know things about how to get more done in your day and be an active person and not waste time. I think time. I'd find some of that a little annoying, but the, yeah. Yeah, those were additional fees for those. But with the class... They offer you to take the live class again for free mm -hmm. if you want to, which is cool. Yeah, that's really neat. I think I might take them up on that. And then they also give you access to this Ace Reader site, which I just created my login for and I kind of read the first lesson. But it's like 15 to 20 minutes of instruction per day. And mm -hmm. we're going to work our way through that and give you an update, just to let you know what we thought of that down the line. But yeah, you know, they're given a lot of content. They're just kind of throwing extra stuff at you saying, here's all these supplemental materials if you want to keep 
going with this. So that's all cool. Uh, if you're going to use it, I'd say it's a good value. Yeah. Danger rating, Carrie. How dangerous is this? Oof, it's really dangerous if you uh, if you have some sort of a rare disease where your eyes shouldn't move. Right, whereas one is just, you know, uh, going the wrong way when you see a subway sign. But uh-huh. you eventually do find the subway. Uh-huh. And, and there's nothing dangerous on and the way. And 10 is... And 10 is the, the rare so, disease. Oh, I see. Yes. Like catching okay. tuberculosis. I'm going to give it a one. Can't even think of a hazard. Right. Yeah. No, it's just. My eyes, they hurt. Right. I'm reading too fast. They're Completely safe. Oh, maybe if you were like, you're a doctor and you speed read like the Merck <laughs> manual. You're like, I know every single disease of all the symptoms. I am ready. Uh, your only danger is reducing your comprehension and, you know, ruining the whole point of reading a book. But as our nice quote there said, there are certain books that, you know, you don't really need to maintain every little factoid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there about. are ones that you do. And you know what? Slow the fuck down when you read those. Just to point it out. I mean, I, I thought about it. And after you read a book, even normally, if someone quizzes you on every little detail, you're not going to remember all those yeah, niggling but, little points. But we clearly got almost nothing out sure, of the ones we just sure. read. But, you know, after reading a whole book, you're going to drop a lot of that content mm-hmm. anyway. So a lot of times what you retain is the general impression and the highlight points. Sure. And so it's fair to just kind of give yourself that much information anyway on books that you just want to get through and have mm-hmm. kind of under your belt but not have full comprehension of. Uh, he was even recommending slowing down at certain points, you know, like to read the first sentence of a paragraph, read that right. a little more slowly or things that you also find helps keep you focused sailing. Exactly. Not to have the same monotonous fast speed at all times. So just throw that in there. Okay. Well, Ross, how creepy do you think this was on a scale of one to 10 where one is something not at all creepy? Like you go to work and your phone rings and you answer it and there's someone you don't know on the other end of the line. And then mm-hmm. she says, Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong number. No, okay, that's not creepy. And then 10 is something incredibly creepy. Like, you go to work, you pull out your chair, you sit down, and it's just covered in this, like, weird white film Hmm. um, that just gets all over your pants, and it's just, like, just a little wet, but you're like, am I just cold? No, I'm wet. What? And then the phone rings, and you answer, and you're like, hello, Ross Blotcher. And the person says, do you feel it? Yeah. Can you feel it? That's gross. And you're like, what? Can I feel what? And they're like, you know. That thing Carrie talked about. Right. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, on that scale, I'll say one. There's nothing at all creepy about this. Good. Right. Me too. One. Okay, go on. Okay. Well then, Carrie, what is your favorite moment in this investigation? Mm, my favorite six moment. six hours to choose from. Yeah, and my favorite moment has nothing to do with the class. It's when I went to pee, and I came out, and I was like, where's Ross? Can't find Ross. And then I texted you, and where were you? You were in the Spanish-speaking Herbalife presentation. (laughs) Where else would I be? I don't know. I wanted to see what was going on. Nice. Certainly one of my favorite moments was uh, when we're using the memorization techniques, Uh and like one was a pencil, (laughs) and two was a swan. Right. Okay, we get it. Yeah, the memorization technique was creating these funny images with the number, with the thing, and then you remember not only the number, but the thing as well. And he said, okay, so for 10, imagine like a bowl for the zero with a, and he started to say a spoon next to it, and I said, a pencil. (laughs) (laughs) Because the one was a pencil. Right. And you're so proud of yourself. And then we just kept laughing and laughing at the idea that it was The whole class had moved on. We were laughing about (laughs) the bowl and the pencil. Well, that's it for our show. Our producer is Ian Kramer. And our theme music is Brian Keith Dalton, or written by him. 
<laughs> it's not actually him. Don't freak out. <laughs> you can see our pictures by going to our Facebook page and liking us. That's at facebook.com forward slash onrack, O-N-R-A-C. And you can also write nice iTunes reviews for us on iTunes. But most importantly, if you like this show and you want to keep it going, then we only exist because of your donations. So please go to maximumfund.org forward slash donate. And choose us. And choose us as your favorite show or else we don't get the money. We won't get your money. What would be the point? What would be the point? And remember, if you want to read quickly... Just read really, really quickly. Just do it. Just do it. If you do it, you can do it. And then you'll read it really fast. My name is Dave. My name is Graham. And we're both the hosts of Stop Podcasting Yourself, which is a podcast from Canada. In fact, we've won the best podcast in Canada two years in a row at the Canadian Comedy Awards. <laughs> Sounds made up. It does sound made up. Even as I was saying it, I'm like, did, there, did that really happen? <laughs> Here's the thing. Stop Podcasting Yourself is a very positive show yeah. about two people who hate absolutely everything. <laughs> But we love you and you uh, listening through all this promo. Ah, the people have already fast-forwarded yeah. through this part of the promo. Anyway, thanks. We're Stop Podcasting Yourself, and you can find us at MaximumFun.org. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.